While there are plenty of conspiracy theories surrounding his assassination on November 22, 1963 in Dallas, Texas, they've all been hashed out thoroughly before. I mean, just turn on the History Channel practically any day of the week and you're likely to catch a special. But the one mystery that always really fascinated me and kind of creeps me out, to be honest, is what happened to JFK's brain. Because it wasn't put to rest in Arlington with the rest of his body beneath the eternal flame. It was supposed to have been locked in a jar in the National Archive. Except three years after he was assassinated, his longtime secretary, Evelyn Lincoln, was still trying to organize all the papers he'd left behind, probably for his presidential library and estate. She discovered that pieces of the autopsy were missing, and that no one could account for the location of his brain. As part of the Warren Commission's investigation into JFK's assassination, things like his official autopsy report were stashed in the National Archives. You can actually read it, it's been digitally archived on their website. Now, when the autopsy was complete, the brain of JFK was put into a stainless steel container and released into the custody of the Secret Service. It was reportedly kept in the White House for a time until JFK's brother, Robert F. Kennedy, hereby known as RFK, was able to take it to its final resting place in the National Archives. What happened after that is what people debate, because when it was looked for there several years later and found to be missing, people obviously had a lot of questions. It would be about a decade before anyone discovered or admitted that there were other autopsy material missing too. Now, the other major theory at play is that JFK's brother, RFK, actually took the brain himself. Himself. Not because he was part of the assassination conspiracy, but because he was worried when all of the medical information about JFK surfaced that the American people would know how sick he'd been and how many drugs he'd been on in an attempt to combat that. JFK had, among other things, Addison's disease, which is a condition that occurs because your body can't make enough cortisol. If your adrenal glands malfunction badly enough, you can actually go into a fatal adrenal crisis. In the 1950s and 60s, when JFK was struggling with both Addison's and the stresses of political life, he would get shots of amphetamines. Of course, then he'd also need something to sleep, so he was also given sedative. And in addition to that, he also had suffered terrible back pain for most of his life, and at times had to use crutches or wear a back brace. And indeed, his back pain had been so bad on that day in Dallas that he had died wearing the brace beneath his suit. He was given the go-to cocktail of pain meds like codeine, Demerol, and methadone, all of which RFK feared could have been discovered through the post-mortem. Now, RFK was a grieving brother who got really wound up about something that even today people probably wouldn't totally understand. But as authors and theorists and medical professionals have pointed out for years, in 1963 a pathologist couldn't just look at JFK's brain and be able to tell that he was taking any of those medications. And the brain wouldn't likely have led him to the adrenal insufficiency either. Even today you can't gauge that much specificity about drug use from the brain alone. And there are specific blood and urine tests to detect drug use, but given that JFK was pronounced dead within 30 minutes of being shot, they probably didn't have time to run a talk screen, nor would they have made that a priority since the state of his emergency was fairly obvious. In fact, just how much of JFK's brain was actually available to go missing is also unknown. The autopsy report makes it quite clear that a large portion was missing, having been decimated by the bullet. In a series published in the Journal of the American Medical Association, one of the emergency room doctors recalled that as he was heading down the hall to the trauma bay, Jackie placed something in his hands as he passed by her. It was brain and skull fragments that she'd recovered. More than 50 years later, no one knows where the brain is, nor do they know what happened to the tissue samples and slides that were supposed to go along with it from the autopsy. But in the final report from the U.S. 
House Select Committee on Assassinations, the chain of command from the time the brain left the Bethesda Naval Hospital after the autopsy up until it was discovered to be missing seems to lend itself to the theory that RFK took the brain with the help of his secretary. Not for any nefarious reason, but just because he was grief-stricken and actually fairly paranoid that so long as the materials existed, someday in the future they might be put on grim display somewhere like the Smithsonian. But RFK himself was assassinated before the end of the 60s, so what happened to it after that, no one knows. The National Archives never opened an official investigation because they didn't feel responsible for the missing items. In the decades to come, there would be arguments made as officials tried to determine who really had the rights to the autopsy materials in the first place. Was it the government? Was it the Kennedy family? The Warren Commission? The general public? While the committee believes that RFK either destroyed or otherwise hid JFK's brain so that no one will ever recover it again, the mystery surrounding JFK's assassination and the conspiracy theories remain.